The Houston Rockets win streak continues. They finally pick up a win on the road, despite Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. both unfortunately going down and leaving the game early to not return in this one. But they were saved by the heroics of one Jayshon Tate. Roosh, who else are we talking about in today's episode? Garrison Matthews and Armani Brooks, the Sniper Bros. Show some love to Daniel Tice and Josh Christopher and discuss the issues with Eric Gordon and Daniel House. Coming up right here at Locked On Rockets. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. With the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft, the Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, the best and only daily podcast covering your Houston Rockets. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian, co-host of Locked on NBA Thursdays and partner at Apollo Media. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin, the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, as well as at Apollo H. Today's episode is brought to you by Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibilities, so start now at shopify.com slash locked on MBA. So much to break down as the Houston Rockets continue their winning ways. We've got some good, we've got some bad, and here to break all of that down with me is none other than one Roosh Williams, host of Rockets with Roosh on YouTube, also co-host of the Noble and Roosh Show, wherever you get your podcast. Roosh, what's up? How's it going? I'm good, man. That was an awesome win. I think that was my favorite game of the season, so I'm good. I, yeah, you know, I don't know if it was like I'm not. I'm not quite there yet because I think the Chicago Bulls win was still so sweet because it like snapping that losing streak was just amazing. But this win had so many great storylines to it. And I think the bi- the biggest one of all of them has to be Jay Shantate having an absolute career evening. 32 points, career high, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals, 5 blocks, another career high. 11 of 15 shooting, 1 of 2 from behind the three-point line, 9 of 10, 90% at the charity stripe getting whatever he wanted against the OKC Thunder. He didn't he had zero interest in losing this game. Yeah, it was awesome to see. I mean, he turned into a number 1 option. It was it was kind of crazy to watch. It was like it, it got to the point where when Houston needed a bucket in my head, I was saying, "Give it to Tate or curl one of the shooters." Like that was that's what I wanted to see. That little baby hook, he was relentless defensively, he, block after block, timely block. He had that one, that big one down the stretch where he just came over and like swooped it down. Oh, the oh, the where the gigantic one on Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Yeah, that was wi- just filthy. That was his fifth block of the night. Yeah, the the windmill. I mean, you know, and then the the play where he got blocked, he went up, got blocked straight away like someone, you know, had their had their hands up straight, got the rebound, went right back up for a clutch bucket. I mean, he was relentless. He he showed the kind of stuff tonight that reminds Rockets fans uh of the kind of value that they have with Jay Sean Tate on the deal that he's on. 
13 of his 32 points scored in that fourth quarter. There was a possession down the stretch of this one where, you know, he didn't see the ball for the entirety of a possession. I found myself thinking, how do you not get the ball to Jay Sean Tate with how well he's played? And immediately after that botched offensive possession, they came back down out of a timeout. Steven Silas ran a little elbow action for Jay Sean Tate. And of course, he gets that little sweeping, you know, left-handed, you know, not quite of a late, kind of like a hook shot almost where he just kind of like, you know, bounces it off the glass over the defender and I, you know i i can't say enough good things about him the the presence that he has on the defensive side of the basketball all of that he had an absolutely amazing night and i think the standout for me is post game right you know we're going through the rockets post game we get silas done we talk to the other players armani and jay sean finally gets to the podium he's asking for a box score and I think it was Jonathan Fagan who kind of like pointed out, he was like, what do you think about the numbers on the page there? You know, and I think Jonathan was just kind of being cheeky, you know, kind of like trying to get Tate to talk about his big night. First thing Jay Sean Tate does is starts looking at the total number of team assists. And he starts talking about the fact that they had 25 assists and what that means, that they were moving the ball really well offensively, all that stuff. And, and that's just the type of mentality that Jay Sean Tate has, is he immediately gravitated towards what did the team do well? He was not concerned with his career night whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, he's a dog, you know, and that goes, he's the type of dog that now we know can give you 32 and 10 and 7 and 5, which is crazy. He gets a, when when the Rockets first signed him, obviously James Harden was still on the team, P.J. Tucker was still on the team, and we compared him a lot to P.J. Tucker except without a three-point shot. P.J. Tucker ain't giving you 32, 10, 7, and 5, never, right? Love P.J. Tucker, but he's just not doing that. So we saw a different dimension of Jay Sean Tate, not saying he is a number one option, but we saw, you know, a guy who's fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever on the team on any given night morph into a number one and, and take that role and embrace that role. And like you said, with the game on the line, they they ran elbow action with him with, I think, what, 30 seconds left. And I mean, who who would have thought, hey, we need a we need a bucket to win. We're running a you know, we're running action through Jay Sean Tate down the middle wasn't on my mind for this game. It was on my mind, but you know, previous to this game, prior to this game, not anything I would have ever thought. So kind of crazy to see, um, what was he from three? Let's see one of two. So did it without the three point shot. I leaned so close cause my phone's down there, but <laughs> like, oh, old man, but, um, <laughs> you know, but I mean, just uh, not enough good things you can say. I mean, you can score the ball. He can rebound the ball. Obviously we know he can pass the ball and the defensive prowess that he shows, but also, to speak to what he said about the team assists, look, they lost Kevin Porter Jr. They lost Christian Wood. Jalen Green's not playing. They didn't really have a guy that could go out there and just ISO and give you buckets. So the way you compensate for that is you move the basketball. And that's what they did. You know, to, to your point about the comps between Jay Shante and P.J. Tucker, I, I don't know who coined this, but somebody started calling uh, – on on rocket twitter somebody started calling jay sean tate pj with a bag and i thought that was like the the most hilarious thing ever because it's also kind of an insult to pj tucker like i'm so sorry but uh what what do you how long roosh how long do you think before we see p or not pj wow i'm stuck on pj tucker now we don't talk about him on this podcast anymore not since he started throwing shade at the rockets on ig we don't we don't Free we don't discuss brother. tucker anymore yeah no With some lanes um, <laughs> all right how long do you think before we see jay sean tate knock out a five by five game. I mean, he was flirting with it tonight. Like he's got the ability to do it. Is that a quintuple double? Is that what you're asking? Quint. Yes. No, a quint. No, a five by five. That's five. Like five points, rebounds, uh, assists, steals, blocks, a five by five. Oh, <laughs> I don't think we're ever going to see that. You might get close though. I mean, what he had a four by five tonight, right? Yeah. So I'm saying like, he only, he was only missing three steals tonight. And like, I feel like for him, 
I, w- I was more surprised by the five blocks. Like I would expect like five steals would be easier for Jay Sean Tate to get than five blocks. Do you, right? know what's so crazy? Like, you know, what's crazy about that stat line. You know who puts up that type of stat line? Another rocket. Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon puts up that type of stat line. Now, obviously, you know, are we ever going to see Jay Sean Tate do this again? Who knows? I don't know, but huge night. Just crazy. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't really know how else to describe it. Like I said, they lost their number one. Eric Gordon <laughs> was was trying to be a number one and was failing miserably at it. By the way, six turnovers for Eric Gordon, only three made field goals. We'll talk about that later. But Jay Sean Tate took over, man. 6'4", tweener forward that can't really shoot from three. I don't know. Hell of a game. We're going to we're going to keep breaking it. We we want to get into some of the the finer specifics from this Rockets Thunder game. In a game in which they trailed. You know, they didn't have a lead in this game until, you know, midway point in the fourth quarter. We're going to push back a little I, bit I think on the it, Daniel Tice narrative. I don't think they had the lead. Sorry to cut you off. We will push back on the Daniel Tice narrative only slightly. Um they didn't have the lead I don't think until Jay Sean Tate hit two free throws to make it 97-96 if I remember correctly. I think I I will concur with you. I think that is correct. So we're going to talk about the Rockets fighting their way back into this one. Daniel Tice's impact in this game. Talk about the shooters. All of that coming up in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Shopify. Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products. Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, point-of-sale app, and accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for a big business. Look, I got, you know, upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. So go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA. That's all lowercase for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash locked on MBA right now. That's shopify.com slash locked on MBA. And another message from our friends over at Truebill. Look, Truebill is here to help you. Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions today. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying the subscriptions that you don't want, need, or that you simply forgot about. Look, that's happened to me before, right? On average, people save up to $720 per year with Truebill. Companies make subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap, one click, one button. It is that easy. So don't fall for any more subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnMBA. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. We thank you for making Locked on Rockets your first listen of the day. You can go follow Mr. Roosh Williams on Twitter at Roosh Williams. You can follow me on Twitter at JT Gatlin. Now, Roosh, let's spend a moment here talking about Daniel Tice. You know, this is something I've been pushing back on a little bit, and and I feel like you're in agreement here with me, you know, based on the fact you said we're going to push back on this narrative a little bit, but I want to hear your thoughts, right? Daniel Tice played well in this game, like in the absence of Christian Wood. So no Christian Wood, he, you know, Wood just plays, you know, brief nine minutes. He leaves the game early after, you know, hitting the ground, had the, you know, grabbing at his ankle, goes back to the Rockets locker room. He comes back, tries to play, looks sluggish, looks slow, doesn't have the bounce, the burst, you know, and immediately goes back to the Rockets locker room after logging like an extra, like, you know, couple minutes, you know, after coming back 
after originally leaving. And then Daniel Tice gets inserted in the lineup, much to the chagrin of Rockets fans everywhere. And he actually had a pretty solid game. He anchored the defense. I think that he performs his role well. And he, just as much as Christian Wood, has suffered from the double big lineup. And we finally got a taste of what Daniel Tice could look like in his actual role, which is a serviceable backup big. So I've said this before. Daniel Tice, the player, is not the problem. It's two things. Number one, like you said, it's the, it's the double big lineup that doesn't work. Okay, And we saw Shangun and Wood tonight, and Silas quickly went away from it, in part because Christian Wood was playing hurt, um, but it just wasn't working. The other element of this is that we have three centers, and out of the three centers, Daniel Tice is the one that we just don't really want to see play because offensively, he does not provide anything close to the other two. Christian Wood is a pick-and-roll threat. He can be a triple threat player. He can shoot the three, do it all, whatever. Um, Shangun is an offensive hub that you can run offense through, you know? And so Tice can't do either of those things. And then on defense, his impact is, I think, pretty overstated. He's pretty slow on the perimeter. Um, he doesn't block shots, really. You know, I don't even know if he really alters shots that much. He puts a lot of effort in and, you know, jumps as high as he can, but it doesn't necessarily do that much. And rebounding, I think his rebounding is a little overstated. Most of his rebounds have, at least tonight, occurred with no one around him. But that being said, as the only center, he's effective. I mean, you know, he's not an awful player. It, it can work with him. There were two plays tonight. One where he he had uh, he went to the middle of the floor and then I think gave like a bounce pass. I want to say to House for a bucket during that stretch where he came in. I think he came in when it was 96-88. Rockets were losing and then they went on a 7-0 run um, and eventually I think it was a 9-0 run and made it 97-96. And he had a he had an assist in that stretch. And then at some other point in the game, he got the ball in the corner three, pump faked someone someone closed out on him. He pump faked the closeout drove baseline and then dished it middle for a bucket. And I was like, okay, thank you. If you can do that, great. You know, um, defensively, he was getting cooked by SGA. I mean, time and time again. There was one bad call toward the end of the game where he got called for a foul that I thought he played good defense on. But but yeah, I mean, you got to give him credit. He was a plus 12. And a lot of that coincided with the Rockets coming back in the fourth and taking the lead. And like I said, double big lineups don't work. You know, and out of the and, and the Rockets just have three centers, which is why trading Either Tice or Christian Wood, I think, is probably in Houston's best interest, except for situations like this where they need another center. Um, but then also, eventually down the line, when Garuba's healthy, Garuba can also be that other center down the line. But yeah, I mean, look, credit to Daniel Tice. Solid defense. Did his job on offense. I don't think he scored any points other than, let's see, a free throw maybe? Yeah, he had one free throw, and he took one shot, which was a three-point shot. But when he took that three-point shot, I think we all cringed. So... You know, and past Daniel Tice, though, you know, there, there were so many other good, you know, a lot of really solid play out of the Rockets tonight, right? Just a great collaborative team effort where you lose arguably, you know, your two best players in Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. And then you you don't have Eric Gordon to lean on because unfortunately he had his struggles. Uh, we're going to talk about Eric Gordon and, and Daniel House Jr. Uh, in a little bit, but uh, let's spend a moment here. Let's highlight Josh Christopher, who... You know, no DJ Augustine still out due to the health and safety protocols. Hopefully we'll be back Friday by the Orlando Magic game. Um, but he's missing time. KPJ goes out. Rockets were kind of running like, you know, this like stitched together like offensive scheme where they're utilizing like Jay Sean Tate as the point forward ball handler. They're utilizing Eric Gordon as a primary ball handler, which he's not. You mentioned the six turnovers already for him, running the offense through Alper and Shingun in the, in the limited amount of time that he was on the floor, but he didn't get enough run to really like kind of actually steer things. And when he's on the floor, I feel like they don't do a good enough job of actually like 
letting him run the offense at Sh- times. Yeah, Shingun. They, they, you're right, but he's the type of player that gets better as the game goes on. I, I want to say that real quick. So, so sometimes he comes in and has a slow start, mm-hmm. and then as the game goes on, he gets better and better. And we saw that there was a stretch, I think, in the beginning of the fourth, he was on fire. Um, and, you know, I tweeted something about this where he was just making play after play, post up, dish to, to Josh Chris for three, post up, dish to Josh Chris for a cut and a dunk, poked a ball loose to turn into a fast break layup for Armani Brooks. Um, and then I think he had one more play after that. And then he got the and one. So, just wanted to point that out. <laughs> no, I'm I'm glad you did because I pointed out the exact I ha- I tweeted out the exact play by play of that exact stretch because he impacts the game. He's an impact player. He does things. He makes things happen. But let's focus on Josh Christopher because you know he played some really great spot minutes in this game. 16 minutes finished with 10 points, three of eight shooting. And Stephen Silas highlighted this you know post game talking about the fact you know I asked Silas about Josh Christopher's impact in this game. He said honestly his impact on both ends we really felt it. Um, you know, the, the buckets that he was getting were huge for the team. You know, he was part of that energetic run that we had in the fourth. And then on top of that, uh, he, he mentioned that Josh Christopher spending time at the G league is what like had him ready for this game, right? He wasn't rusty. He was getting reps in the G league. He was prepared. He was ready for the moment when his number was called. And I think he delivered big time in this game. Yeah. I mean, this is the first time we saw him get real, you know, game minutes, not like blowout minutes. At this level, I think he only got like a few minutes in in actual game situations prior to this. But this is the most minutes he played by far in actual game situations. 16 minutes, I think, three of eight, 10 points, five boards, one assist, only one turnover. He struggled early with foul trouble. I think he got I think he got a poor whistle on a couple of those. Um, and he also got some poor shots up early, had to get his legs under him. But once he did, look, his impact, his his best skill at this point in his short career so far is that he puts pressure on the defense at attacking the rim and that comes both with the ball in his hands and it comes off the ball when he cuts and uses his athleticism and we saw that two plays one was the cut where he you know cut like i said and then shangun gave it to him and he dunked and used his athleticism he can be utilized like that you know this team is athletic it's another thing about daniel tice by the way this team is athletic they can move they move quickly they can you know kind of create space for themselves using their athleticism and tice's lack of athleticism can stand out in a negative way sometimes but Josh Chris's skill is is doing exactly that. And then also he puts pressure on the defense with the ball in his hand. In the G League a couple times, I noticed watching some of those games that he would go, he'd attack, he'd make a move, miss a shot, get his rebound, and then put it back up. And he did that tonight. He had a bucket doing that. And I think he got the and one, if I'm not mistaken, while doing that. So just tenacity, strength, athleticism, and a motor, you know, I mean, that can take you a long way. And we saw that. So it was super cool to see Josh Chris contribute down the stretch in a win tonight. We're going to tag the rest of the Rockets that we want to be able to talk about from this Rockets dub and potentially what's what this roster is going to look like moving forward in the potential absence of Christian Wood and Kevin Porter Jr. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at betonline.ag. As always, BetOnline has you covered for all the props, odds, and lines this season. They've got you for basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, even your favorite Vegas casino games. So head to their new updated website and sign up today to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. Again, that's promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. So don't wait to take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, bet online where the game starts. 
And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Thanks for making Locked on Rockets your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball with host Josh Lloyd. Josh is amazing at what he does. If you like fantasy hoops, got to go check out Locked on Fantasy Basketball. Continuing on here with one Roosh Williams. Now, before we talk about the shooters, Armani Brooks, Garrison Matthews, I will say SGA had himself a huge night, 39 points, 12-26 shooting, struggled outside the you know three-point arc, just one of eight shooting from distance, but was 14 of 16 at the free throw line. I will say there was this was an ugly whistle in this game, I think. Like SGA receiving the benefit of the doubt on a lot of calls, a lot of whistles, like well after the fact, where they're kind of like feels like maybe the refs are reacting to you know, the contact or the, you know, the aftermath of a play rather than the actual play itself, which can be a little frustrating at times. I know Rockets fans were really frustrated with some of the calls that went against the team in this game, but SGA, you know, he's an electric player and he struggled in their last meeting between these two teams, but he put on a show in this one. Um, let's talk about, I, I will say real quick, yeah, he put on a show with uh, his best game of the season with Josh Giddy out. Ooh. Ooh, that's ooh, ooh, okay. All who's right. We're just gonna we're just gonna lob that up there for anybody who's listening to this podcast. Who's thought? Somebody, somebody's gonna come at you for that take. Um, all right. So with that, Garrison Matthews and Armani Brooks continue to unlock things for this Rockets roster, both with their shooting and I think a key part of what they do, right? It's their mobility. It's their ability to like when somebody picks up their dribble. They know how to move to the basketball to get themselves open to be that like release valve offensively. They've been great, man. Look, they have totally, completely changed the complexion of this offense. Um, I don't even know how else to say it. When Garrison Matthews was signed, I had a feeling. I, I, I said, I just kept saying, he's got to play. He's got to play. And I even got to the point where I was like, I want him to start um, and, and start over Daniel Tice. In the back of my head, I was thinking, you know, how much can this fringe NBA guy that was just in the G League and got bounced by the freaking Wizards really make an impact, you know? But in my head, I was also thinking maybe like 2K style, just plug the shooter in, man. The guy can shoot. I know he can shoot. And it's actually one of those scenarios where it's played played out perfectly. By the way, if you're watching this, go watch his NIT performance. Um, I think when he was a senior in like the first or second round of the NIT tournament, he dropped 44 points um, against, I forget who it was, I think North Carolina State. He played for Lipscomb. 44 points doing exactly what he's doing as a rocket. It was crazy. I went back and watched it the other day. But like you said, they, these guys, we, we got so used to in the Harden era watching guys just stand still ready to catch and shoot. But you're seeing Armani Brooks and Garrison Matthews come off movement. If Garrison Matthews gets a half second, like a, a half of a foot, half of an inch, he's shooting the shot and he can make it, you know, and we've seen him draw fouls because of this because people know if they if, if he even has a sliver, he's going to shoot it. And so they fouled him. But he's so effective. Armani Brooks, I criticized him previously for only being able to catch and shoot and having no closeout, you know, kind of move, having no like side dribble, sidestep type move. He has completely proved me wrong over these last few games, and he did it tonight as well. And so you're seeing what shooting can do to your offense and how it can totally invigorate a team if you're able to do more than just catch and shoot from a standstill. Garrison Matthews, I think, is now shooting 22 of 53, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see. 22 of 53. I think that's correct. On the season for the Rockets, 41.5%. 
If my math is correct, I think he's only played eight games counting tonight, which would be 6.6 attempts on the season per game, 41.5%. That's awesome. Armani Brooks, I believe, is 25. You're throwing way too, num- you're, you're throwing way too many numbers at me. This is not a, a locked-on arithmetic podcast. Hold on. Okay. 25, Armani Brooks is 25 of 69 on the season for 36%. <laughs> I'm just saying, we have shooters. Last wait, season, wait, he's, 20, shooters. he's 25 of what? <laughs> 69. Um, nice. So, look, man, it, it changes everything. I mean, you're – I don't want to overdo it, but look, we talked about Ken, is Steven Silas the guy for this team? You know, and we had all these takes and all these opinions. For the record, I, I was saying he should not be fired. And you're seeing what shooters can just, to- I mean, comp- how they how it can completely change a coach's ability to coach the game. Frankly, they, they say it's a make or miss league, and that's the reason they say it's a make or miss league. Things can look really ugly when shots don't fall, as we know, as Rockets fans, unfortunately. But when shots are falling, man, I mean, the record speaks for itself. The Rockets are what, 4-0, 5-0, something like that? They're undefeated when they make 13 or more three-pointers on the season, and they are winless when they're under, and that's not by coincidence. It's nice to finally pick up a road win. I will say that. I think I echoed that sentiment at the top of the show, but I just want to say it one more time. Um, no, it the and the way that the they're they're able to unlock more stuff just for the offense, right? It's not just about oh, there's shooters on the court now, so suddenly it's oh, they're just catching and shooting. No, it's like I said, it's like you highlighted, it's the movement, it's the it's their ability to do things, to run more actions and sets uh, multiple times. Kevin Porter Jr. and other players have talked about the fact that they've added like a kill cut now to their offense where they're able to like slice through the defense when they're overplaying shooters. And you're seeing that now where there's guys who are in positions. Uh, I asked Armani what it was like, you know, having, you know, guys like Jay Sean Tate, Alperin Shingun, you know, having the chemistry with those guys to be able to do more, right, to have those cuts, those actions. And he's talking about, you know, basically, you know, during this winning streak, that they're able to, they're, they're getting more comfortable with each other, right? Learning each other's spots, where, where, where each guy likes the basketball, what they can do on the floor. Um, I've highlighted the, you know, the chemistry between Al P and, and Armani when they're out there dancing on the perimeter, the little dribble handoff sets that they run, you know, where you've got Armani going back and forth, back and forth, trying to get open off of a screen from Shingun. They're learning each other's tendencies. And it's unfortunate that they had to go through a 15 game skid to get to this point and that we had to go through the, frustration of the double big lineup but now we're seeing what this team can truly do with adequate spacing proper shooters all that stuff what steven silas can achieve you know with his sets is finally coming to fruition a little bit yeah i mean look in basketball the main one of the main things you need to do is put the defense in positions to make mistakes and we had big criticisms during the harden era because the the offense was too predictable right guys were just standing still but now like you said the defense is closing out on these shooters. They're chasing them through screens, and sometimes they overplay, so now they can cut right down the middle. We've seen Garrison Matthews do this a few times. Armani Brooks was able to take advantage of that today uh, with some layups as well. So it just totally changes everything. You know, if you put pressure on the defense and force them to start overthinking, making mistakes, overcompensating, then you can just create easy buckets for yourself. And the Rockets don't get easy buckets, especially with Christian Wood out. So when you're able to just, you know, scramble a defense just because you're running around and they're they're worried about you catching and shooting, now all of a sudden you have options. So All right, we're going to tank the podcast numbers now. Daniel House Jr. finishes <laughs> the, the night for the team. <laughs> Four points, just not even a week removed from his heroics. Four points, one of six shooting, zero of three from behind the three-point line. It was two of two at the charity stripe. Had one rebound, two assists, no steals, one block, four turnovers. He had four and then Eric Gordon. Uh, yeah, four, four turnovers, four, four turnovers for the team, though. Um, exactly. <laughs> and then Eric Gordon, eight points uh, on three of 12 shooting, two of seven from behind the three-point line. 
uh, did have six assists, but a, a one-to-one assist-to-turnover ratio is is not great. Uh, six assists, six turnovers on the evening across his 32 minutes. Uh, those two guys, the the supposed veterans for this Rockets team, uh, did not deliver in this game. They they absolutely struggled. And so I don't know which which phase of the house cycle are we in now because we were in the good phase for a couple games, and now we're we're in whatever the next phase is, and it's not great. All I can tell you is no bows or arrows were shot uh, this evening. But yeah, I mean, look, and tonight's just further proof about the vet narrative being overplayed, right? They were two of the worst players on the floor. House was the worst player on the floor. And Eric Gordon had stretches where he was just throwing the ball to the people sitting courtside, um, you know, just dribbling it off his foot. Classic Eric Gordon, whatever. Awful basketball. You know, he wasn't even playing good defense either for most of the game. So that was unfortunate. Um, Eric Gordon, <clears throat> Eric Gordon playing point guard. I'd be OK if I never saw it again. Um, it happens way too much. And I, I think that if if we're going to still look to you know have areas where we might be a little critical of Steven Silas, it's a bit of an over-reliance, I think, at times to want to put the ball in EG's hands. Well, to be fair tonight, he didn't have a choice. No DJ Augustine, no Kevin Porter Jr., no Jalen Green, uh, no John Wall. We can talk about that. You know, at the end of the day, when that happens, you don't really have a choice. The only two options you have at that juncture are Jay Sean Tate handling the ball, running, you know, having someone bring it up just to bring it up and then giving it to Shingun in the high post. Um, or Josh Christopher, you know, and none of those are great options for four full quarters. So I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there. But yeah, Eric Gordon as a point guard, not cutting it down the stretch. He went ISO a couple times. You mentioned there was a possession where Jay Sean Tate didn't, didn't touch the ball down the stretch. And it's because Eric Gordon dominated the ball and did nothing with it. Um, there was one play where he came, like the Rockets needed a bucket. I think they were trying to cut the lead, maybe 96, 90, somewhere around there. And he dribbled the ball up and almost walked right into like a 25 foot three point shot and did the pump fake and then almost tried to draw the pump fake foul that he was definitely not going to get. And then he, and then he passed it. Um, but I saw rockets, people on rockets, Twitter saying, did he almost shoot that? And I just laughed. Cause I was like, yeah, he almost did. Um, but yeah, Eric Gordon did, did no one any favors tonight. And Daniel house was, I mean, Daniel house was awful. I don't know what phase of the cycle we're in. I want to root for Daniel House. You know, he's a native Houstonian. We've had good times with him. Seeing him do what he did in the Bulls game was like nostalgic. I enjoyed it. So it just sucks when he sucks, but he sucked. Uh, and that's that's kind of what that was. Before we don't get to this dude, I also want to highlight KJ Martin. I was uh, going to say, we've got to talk about KJ before we wrap this thing up because he's had a stretch of some unfortunate games where he hasn't really been able to put the ball in the basket. Um, and to see him had deliver a 12 point six of eight shooting performance in this one, uh, it, it felt great. And he had a couple, he had a couple high flying highlights in this game, you know, and it's always great seeing KJ Martin just sky over the defense um, to the point that, where he's that not dunk was crazy, crazy. He's an, he's an energy. He's a momentum energy player. So like, like I said, with, with Shingun and Josh Chris, too, some of these guys are going to start, especially the young guys, right? They're going to start slow. But if you treat it like a college coach and you just pull him immediately, like KJ Martin was, he was playing bad basketball in the first half. He for most of the for the beginning of the first half, he had some bad plays, had some turnovers, you know. But then when you let him catch his rhythm, you see what he can do and how he can contribute. His touch around the basket is extremely underrated. He's really good at finishing around the basket with like a little baby hook. The baby hooks are incredible, and then the the plays where he just like elevates above the defense to where he's almost like he's not even like laying the ball up into the basket. He's like like just scooping it into the basket almost because he's like right there. It's 
it's there's a movie see. that came out around the time you were born oh called, Lord. don't age me on my own podcast uh, called <laughs> the sixth man and uh it starred marlon wayans premise of the movie is that his brother two brothers playing for the washington huskies one of them dies gets catches an alley-oop and dunks it and then falls on his back mid-game and dies which is kind of <laughs> kind of sinister when you think about it but then the spirit of the brother comes back and like starts helping them win games and stuff anyways and there are moments where like he'll just like pick a player up the angel of the brother will pick a player up and just guide him into the basket and he just like rises and finishes and that's what kj martin reminds me of sometimes he just glides and just like drops it in there's nothing you can do about it go watch that well, movie it's a classic it's, it's a classic <laughs> right, right. 90s movie I'm putting it on my to-do list. I will go watch that movie just for you. Now, we're going to leave you with a thought. I, and we're just going to leave you with a thought because I'm not, I'm not going to hit you with anything and I'm going to prevent Roosh from hitting you with anything. But here's a thought for you watching this show, listening to the show, wherever. If Kevin Porter Jr. is out for some extended time, does that make it easier or does it expedite the decision for the Houston Rockets to potentially bring one Jonathan Hildred Wall back into the fold. That's what we're going to leave you with to sit on, to think about, to ruminate on. But Roosh, let everybody know where they can track you down at. Let everybody know where your content is at. I can't answer that and give my thoughts on it? You can answer it very, very briefly. If you can give me a very succinct... almost, And you've got, you got a clock. tease. you got a tease. Like, like Start the just, clock at 60 right. seconds. Let me see what Go. I can get out. Go. Go. Um, I don't want to see it happen. I don't know if the Rockets want to see it happen. I think if you do that, you're opening Pandora's box because eventually you'd have to assume Kevin Porter Jr. is going to come back and then things get a little dicey. Um, also, in addition to that, I don't think anyone really wants to see it happen. Okay, I'll, I guess I'll leave it there. I, I don't I don't want to go too far off the deep end. I, I just think that if you bring John – oh, here's what I was going to say. The Rockets are winning right now. So on one hand, you don't want to do it. On the other hand, maybe you need the tank commander back. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> man, you, you went all over the place in that one. All right. You know what? That's fair. That's where we're cutting it though. Let everybody know where to track you down at. Um, R O O S H Williams, Roosh Williams. Follow me on Twitter. Go to anywhere you get your podcast, type in the noble and Roosh show. It's an NBA podcast. We just interviewed James worthy, Los Angeles Lakers legend and miles Turner of the Indiana Pacers. Um, and then go to YouTube and also type in rockets with Roosh and subscribe um, I'm going to continue to be putting episodes out where I talk about the Rockets and give my musings and ruminations. Um, so, yeah, man, check me out. Amazing show. As always, appreciate you, my guy, for stopping by for your new weekly episode. Um, it's been real. We 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 actually crushed it on time this time. So thank you. I appreciate there you that. go. See, I can <laughs> look like little like the great little flip said I can do that. So. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this episode. As always, appreciate you checking out the show. Hopefully you enjoyed our breakdown of the Rockets OKC game. Again, Rockets walking away 114 to 110. They're now fourth win in a row, fifth win in a row, fourth win in a row. There we go. I'm losing my, tra my, my track at the end of the show. Wherever you check out the show at, we sincerely appreciate it. Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app. Uh, also available on YouTube. Go like, comment, subscribe, all that good stuff. But thank you, as always, for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.